Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. I'm looking at the result here. <laughs> I know. Now let's let we'll start again. <laughs> Jesus. Episode two hundred and one of Twenty Minute Tims, and I am joined. Feels by like a thousand at this point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> one million takes at this because I've forgotten how to podcast over the weekend. It but yes, seem. I am here indeed. Yes, and I'm joined by Melly. Also here, and this is the voice of Jamie. And on this week's episode, we have got a win to talk about. Yes, a loss to talk about, mm-hmm. and a draw oh, to talk yeah. about. See, yeah, we did. Yeah. Did you like that? Yes. The win, lose, and the draw. Celtic are, of course, through to the next stage of the Europa League where we have drawn FC Copenhagen yeah uh, we're all going well we're going to Copenhagen we don't yes. get to have tickets for the game your boys are booked up uh, how do you feel about that one the draw yeah uh, I'm I'm really happy with it in all honesty I think it is a winnable game I know it's famous last words and all that yeah. at this stage but to be honest I'm confident about that it will represent a tough draw but only tough in so far as the likes of Rosenborg and Wren and all that are, and we've, yeah. we've seen how Celtic can deal with that. So we'll talk about it, obviously, in more depth and um, in more detail nearer the time. But first impressions are, I'm delighted with it because I thought there were a few really tricky ones in there. Yeah, and there's I, a few you want to avoid. Yeah, the likes I'm, of Wolves, for example. Yeah, and the way I feel about this European campaign is that I don't think Celtic can beat anyone, but what I want to do is I want, I want the easiest route to through to the final as possible because I think Celtic can actually do it I don't want the glamour ties that everyone is clamouring for forget that for now yeah exactly so so I'm I'm actually pretty chuffed with it Melly Danish champions yeah they went out in the Champions League qualifiers the same as us haven't done too good in the league but did alright in the Europa League I'm like Stephen it's a winnable one and that's what you want so many times we come through well every time we come through second in a group this time we came through first you want to get the easy it's maybe not the easiest but a winnable tie so you can get through because there's no point finishing top and then getting Wolves as you said FC Copenhagen I've currently got Nicholas Benter in the squad I think his contract is up in January though he was a free agent as of January and I was thinking we must have faced Nicholas Bentner maybe more than any opposition player that doesn't play domestically because we, we well we played them against the Arsenal twice back in 2015 was it was it before that oh no it must have been earlier than that actually um, and then we played them that time we played Rosenberg yeah we played them six times in two seasons I think he was banned for one game yeah that's right because he, he smashed a taxi driver he, was smashed that? A he taxi. was suspended for it um, also weirdly enough he was on the books of Juventus and so they played against him as well. So he's, there can't be many players who have faced Celtic or at least been available to face Celtic for four different European clubs. 
I, I would have to look into it. Maybe someone out there in listener somebody, land somebody can help will, me out. Somebody will definitely tweet us on it. There can be many. Still not caught catching Alfredo, but two of them, zero goals against the Hoops. No, that's true. That's true. Um, they have Victor Fisher in the side as well, who anyone that's played football manager knows that he's a football manager wonder kid. Yeah. Obviously, his career's not went the trajectory you think it should because he's at FC Copenhagen. Um, he left Ajax to join them. Another Celtic connection, I suppose they are second in the league at the moment behind FC Metiland from Eric Spiachenko yeah. playing for them. Did you see him on Twitter? Did yeah. you see him on well so he thinks. Did you see him on <laughs> Twitter today having a bit of a set to a, a Danish I, journalist? I did not know. He said, um, what did the journalist say? The journalist said Glasgow is ugly. I good draw for Copenhagen, but Glasgow's the ugliest city in Europe. Oh, <laughs> no. Is that is that right? <laughs> Cheeky bastard. <laughs> so so I suppose we should discuss first of all how we Ended up in the draw for the last thirty-two of the Europa League. Yes, we should. Um, it was a it was a game that Celtic were contractually obligated <laughs> to fulfil, and and I suppose we were under the same obligations to sit through it. Um, yes. it was not a classic. Is about the best, um, the most kind thing I can say about it. The thing is, right? I'm going to say up front, it, the, we appreciate that it was a meaningless game, but the. I like to think that people who listen to this have been with us long enough to know that we come in, we talk about every game as if it was as if it was meaningful. But how, having said that, I've always maintained that there are no such things as completely meaningless games. Now, it can be meaningless in terms of result, in terms of the lineup you put out, but there are questions to be asked within that as well. There are players involved who might not necessarily be all that regular in the team, so you're looking to them and, and saying, well, show me something. Yeah. Why why yeah. are you here? What is Why are you out the team? So it's never fully meaningless because there are smaller issues at, at play. Having said that, the game itself is obviously a, a complete dead rubber. You never want Celtic to lose. You always want them to win, do the best they can. Looking at the lineup, it wasn't really... But when we lose the game, it was a bit of a meh. The only time I can think of when I thought, good, when Celtic lost, hearts free, Celtic nil. Meaning the Huns finished further. <laughs> so it wasn't quite up to that level, but yeah. it was one of those ones as soon as the game finished, you can just write off, can't you? Yeah, but completely. Yeah. As Stephen says, within that, there was some good things within the game, some players making debut, a couple of players making debuts, yes. and some players we don't get to see a lot, and players that we think, right, show me something, some did. Some didn't. Mm. Uh, yeah, the most of the conversation was probably around the lineup. We had Scott Robertson that made his Celtics debut. Uh, Olivier Cham was named captain. Lee Griffiths had his first start since the Femmelin in the Cup. We had the lesser spotted Scott Sinclair made an appearance. And uh, Julianne was there. And that was one that we were talking about most of all, Stephen, in the group chat. Yeah. You know, why did why did Julianne start? Melly, you two were having that out. Melly, you were kind of the opinion that, well, there's nobody else. If uh, you, yeah. it, whereas you were saying, Stephen, like, we're running the risk here. I thought it was a big risk because obviously um, people were aware that he was on the booking and if he'd been booked in that game, he would have been suspended for the next round. Now that hasn't happened because he didn't get booked and he was taken off at half time, rightfully so, because he was he was walking the, the tightrope, as, as they it. say. yeah. Uh, and what he had four fouls and a bit of a tussle with uh, the big tree, Lucina Traore. It, was a, it had been a bit of a tussle. I just thought... Right, I, I do appreciate that there's no one else that could have played. Ayer was on the bench, he's maybe been rested and he came on and played the second half, right, that's fine. But I think Celtic get away with one there because how how stupid would it have felt to be have qualified so early and so comfortably and then you go into the next round and you're without your main defender just because th- there was selection Aye. problems. I know, I know there was no one else, but at the same time, 
who cares? Like play anybody at centre half. With you the you game. mean just just fill the position ah, with you, a body? You could have had beat on a back three of beat on Bauer and Bolingoli. <laughs> <That's ludicrous. laughs> I know that, but, but what what are the what are the stakes? What if we had gone out and lost five 0 because we've got a makeshift defence? But beat on played, so really his take... only other option was Ayer, who, yeah. who ended up coming on at half time anyway. So maybe that was the plan. Maybe I'll... it was to give him forty five minutes. Yes. Don't get booked, and that's fine. But he very nearly got got booked. He and did have he, a few. He probably should have got booked for for a couple of the fouls. I know I, the, the, what we need to remember about this game is it was zero stakes whatsoever. You can say, ah, but you can't put, put that defence together. But for, I, would, I would have taken a 6 0 defeat in that game. Well, there's prize it, money, there's coefficient as well. And Neil Lennon wanted to get through this group without losing a game. So yeah, well, that's fine. But how does his that. It's not fault if Julian gets booked, is it? As he said, I think Jamie said it, he said before, it's the player's responsibility not to get booked. Well, that's true. All he's got to do in that game is. Defend and not get booked. It's not hard because you can get booked in any game for doing a tackle. But if you know you simply can't get booked, you stay away from anything yeah. to get you booked. So it was down to the player. Yes, that's true. But just how does any of that stack up with what if we'd gone into... Like the the draw has been made, but the example I was thinking of at the time, what if we do get what everyone wants and get Wolves and then you're going in there and playing up against Raul Jimenez and Nevis and all that with with a defence of Beaton and Ayer. It, it doesn't matter now because it Julian never happened. Be for the game yeah. the time it comes round. So. Yeah, well, that, that, that's slightly different. It didn't happen and there's no sense in dwelling on it too much, but I think they did get away with one ever so slightly in that regard. Uh, Lee Griffiths, good to see him back. It's He's sort of starting to integrate himself into the fold a wee bit more, Melly. I thought he looked decent in this game, looked sharp. Yeah, he was feeding off his scraps, unfortunately. I thought everything was alright up until the final third then we lacked a bit of quality but what Lee Griffiths did off his own back was good there was plenty of decent touches he held the ball in when he can just absolutely no service for him to get any sort of uh, attempts at goal he had Sinclair and Morgan on either flank and neither of them impressed in the slightest I can't Mm. think of anything either of them done that was impressive at all I think that's the I think that's the worry for guys like you know Scott Sinclair in particular, and as you sort of touched on Stephen and the PMO, like we want to be sat here going, you want to come away for that game and look at it and go, well, well Scott Sinclair really made a case, or yeah. Lewis Morgan out in his preferred position really made a case for getting a game, but it never really transpired that way, did it? It's harsh maybe to expect players to be dropped in out of nowhere and perform on cue, like on call, just like there you go, there's your chance, you better play well. However, mm. Scott Sinclair must know that. He, yeah, he he is a a seasoned professional footballer, he's been around the block a few times, he must know that having been out of the team for so long, this is his chance, this is his audition to get back into the Celtic team. And to me, he com- completely failed it. Now, I've been guilty of maybe just clinging on to Scott Sinclair for far too long, when everyone else has been like, well, he's not played He's not played well in 18 months, there's no point in clinging on to this. So I'm probably about ready to let go now. Um, I, think the, I think the problem is, though, with Scott Sinclair... When he has played, he's been decent. But when you look at the fact that when he's not playing, it's the likes of Lewis Morgan at the time who's yeah. playing. Now, Lewis Morgan's moved out of those wide positions and been used as a second striker or basically anywhere Neil Lennon can get him on a pitch, it seems at the moment. But when you're comparing the two performances, that's when the questions about Scott Sinclair come in and that's when people start to look at the goal. Is this contractual? Is that a class of personalities? Is, has Neil Lennon taken Scott aside and says, you're just not in my plans, I'm sorry? Yeah. I had wondered if there was something wrong with Sinclair, even as early as, you know, quite early on this season, where he just didn't really seem himself. And I thought maybe something's happened behind the scenes. Has he fallen out when you're learning? Because there's no reason for him to be so far out of the picture. Um, I remember that incident where he, you know, have some sort of 
tabloid phrase bust up he uh, did. Uh, coming he, off the pitch at Motherwell at as well Motherwell, now, yes. now that's nothing to do with Celtic staff but I just thought it was so out of character for some, somebody like Scott Sinclair um, I just wondered if some if all just wasn't right with him behind the scenes but having seen his performance level uh, this season and now against Clues I just wonder if Neil Lennon has just seen that there's no sense in persevering with this this season it's all about Elurisi when fit and mm. for as long as we've got him and Mikey Johnson coming into the team. He was done. He's done an interview during the week there, and he sort of said, you know, it's coming up to January, and he's probably going to have to look to move on to get yeah, some first yeah. team football. The January window is only a couple of weeks away. I would be very surprised if Scott Sinclair was still here. That being said, you know, I still think I personally still think Scott Sinclair is a better option than Lewis Morgan at yeah. the moment. You know, there's a lot of Lewis Morgan goes on in this podcast, as we say. You know, a, a lot, lot of Lewis Morgan bashing. I mm. should rather say it's just based on what we see. You know, and, and yeah. again, and I think this was another game where I really struggled to understand what Lewis Morgan's offering as a Celtic player. Yeah, everybody knows I'm not his biggest fan, but uh, with Scott Sinclair and Bauer possibly bowling goalie. I thought Bowling Goalie did all right on the night, but yeah, yeah. Uh, with Bauer and Sinclair, you can give them the excuse that they've not played in a while. Yeah. So it's very difficult to throw them into an away European tie. But Lewis Morgan had started the last, what, four games? Yeah. So there's no chance he's not up to speed, so he should have done better. But saying that, it is difficult for the, the front three when the midfield behind them is totally different. It's never been seen before. Two full-backs don't know if they've necessarily been on the pitch at the same time so all the relationships on the pitch is completely different that but, that whole defense sorry interrupt that whole defense really are is full of players who have played a lot this season but almost never together it's all that's the, a kind celtic of, yeah qualifying <laughs> yeah. next season in the champions defense, <laughs> yeah, <it is. laughs> but yeah they all play fairly frequently but just never together the Griffiths thing you mentioned earlier, Melly, um, about his touch looking good, that's something that never goes with Griffiths. No. Despite the fact that he's out of the team for long periods of time and his fitness goes up and down, and uh, if Neil Lennon is to be believed, he is still currently slightly struggling with his fitness. The touch is still absolutely immaculate. The, the way he can just pluck the ball out of long balls is, is brilliant. And, and it's something that's sometimes overlooked to Lee Griffiths, just how good a touch he's got and that, how, how skillful he is. I think that's what it is. I think he, it's just all about getting his fitness back up. Yeah. I think Neil Lennon said as this, said this much because yeah. you really want Lee Griffiths as your second choice striker oh, yeah, absolutely. over Morgan. You know, the Twitter account Celtic by Numbers tweeted something a couple of days ago that, that piqued my interest. He said, um, this Morgan striker experiment must end. He completed one pass mm. in, in the whole cup final. That, that was the cup final, completed right. one pass. Kicking the ball off for the second half. Really? That was his, wow, that was his, that was his contribution <laughs> in that match. That being said, no one in the Celtic side played particularly well. No, no, definitely not. But yeah, it's good to have Griffiths at least back involved because I'm... Yeah, I'm kind of fed up with the, the Lewis Morgan thing up front. I know it's out of necessity, but I just don't I don't see what Neil Lennon does in him. Um, I think he's fine. I think he's an absolutely fine player. And I don't mean fine as in he has like Johan Cruyff as in yeah, like, like Pierlo. Yeah, yeah Pierlo. <laughs> I just mean he's he's fine. Another player that was could have staked a claim um but didn't as far as I'm concerned, Craig Gordon. Uh, <laughs> seeing him was it was a bit like a throwback seeing Craig Gordon and go for Celtic Melly. And I kind of thought to myself when I was watching that performance really no as long as Fraser Foster's between the sticks, there's really no way back for you. No, there's not. It's a it's not, not a shame because he no. probably has come to the end of his time at Celtic and we've seen last season he was replaced by Bain and now Bain's been replaced by Foster and the difference it's made, the amount of goals we would have, extra goals we'd have conceded this year if we didn't have Fraser Foster is incredible. Mm, yeah. There's one at Hibs at the weekend, 
we there's a chance we wouldn't be through in this group. We definitely wouldn't be top of this group if it wasn't for no. Fraser Foster. So it just shows you the look, the level. It's nothing to do with Craig Gordon. It's just a guy ahead of him is better. And if Celtic can go out and get better players than the ones they've got, that's what we should be doing. And it's paid off massively in this Europa League. I think Craig Gordon's been an absolutely brilliant signing for Celtic, but as Melly says, it is edging towards the end of his career now, yeah. and he's probably be better going maybe back to Hearts or something like that. If well, just no render... contract talks, so yeah. no neither, and he's out of contract end of season. Celtic have given Scott Bain a new deal, yeah. so it looks like it's curtains for him. I think it'd be it'd be great for some other team, um, maybe. As I say, I think it could do worse than just go back to Hearts. Um, it was great to see Craig Gordon back in because it was as if he'd never been away. Oh, he comes exactly. in, puts in exact same performance yeah. as he always did. Brilliant shot stopping, but quite often saving from mistakes that he himself made uh-huh. with his feet. That, that's the it's, Craig Gordon it, thing. It is I. Craig Gordon. Um, Olivier Chan was captain for this game, yeah. which I thought was a bit of a strange one, considering there was other players on the pitch that you thought might have had a shout for it. Um, Beton, for one. Hmm. Yeah, you could add Beton, you could add Craig Gordon, but we know... What I think they Neil Lennon, do you think Neil Lennon's trying to, trying to aggravate, not in a bad way, but agitates that's the word I'm looking for yeah. agitates something out in Cham by playing him all these times bigging him up but after the game Neil Lennon says I thought Olivier and Cham was absolutely world class or he called them immense he's given him the captain's armband against Hibs he said, he, he said along the same lines he thought he was outstanding he said from there I, watching the two games I, I didn't see it he was decent in both of them but outstanding you didn't see what was you didn't see what was outstanding no so I thought it was a bit over the top with the praise but I think and Cham just needs that right now. Maybe the yeah. captain's armband was just extra responsibility yeah. because he's playing beside Scott Robertson. Like you need to guide this guy through the game. So giving you captain's armband, extra responsibility, and it was just something to maybe push him on because we've seen it. It can be the possibly the best player at the club, but right now the three midfielders are ahead of them and they should be ahead of them. We, we were talking about it. Uh, was it the weekend, Stephen? We said this guy should be the first name in the team yeah, sheet, well, judging by performances we have seen. I think that's a frustrating it. thing about in Cham. You know he can have a nine out of ten, yeah, but he can also give you a five or a six. Yeah. We want a that three. in between. I think you've been generous a five <laughs> or six. What I did float it to you guys in the group chat over the last couple of days. I just, I just said, like, just out of the blue, I said, what do you actually think of in Cham at this stage? Because now we're we're two and a half years in. Yeah, we're, we're in Cham. In my opinion, with his ability, with the levels, we know he can play it. As Melly said, he could give you a nine, no bother, but also a, a five. Um, I reckon with his ability, he sh- we should be talking about him in terms of like Callum McGregor. And I don't mean uh, it's hard to get all, all these players into the team, of course, but with Callum McGregor, you're just like, well, he plays, so so what are the other positions? You should really be talking about in Cham in those terms, I, I would say. I but think I just, he should be higher than that, I think. Mm, yeah. Callum McGregor's going to be at Celtic for a, a future but when Cham you'd expect to maximum two years out of him it should be like Edward like who's going to buy him yeah, Cham yeah you're Not, right maybe Port will come back in for 10 million we should be aiming to get 20 million for him but that's, that's completely down to him because he's not been consistent yeah. enough and I think that I think that consistency is a key that's how I feel about Cham like some of the times you're watching him and yes you're watching the guy going that's a baller oh, an, so a, good a, absolute yeah. baller and then and other times he's turning in performances and we'll, we'll talk about it in the Hibs game which I thought was pretty mediocre and I think it was weird as well he had like a captain's armband on in the <laughs> yeah, Hibs yeah, game yeah. I think they maybe just ran out of black ones is and, that maybe and, what I happened think, I think it, it definitely had a C on it yeah. it definitely had a C unless on it just, unless he just after the close game he just took his top off and still had the armband yeah. on and then just put it straight Neil's back like, uh, on uh, uh, Olivia you need to give <laughs> maybe he wore it a bit different I think it's mine it's mine now um, 
I mean, we've, we've run through the guys that we thought should make an impact and none of them really particularly did it. And so, again, we frame this in the, in the knowledge that none of it really matters, but we are just asking questions of these guys. Miles to me, Stephen. <laughs> yes, you Miles to me. I would never dare speak for you. But <laughs> we, are, we are just simply asking these guys to... To show us what you've got, show us yeah. why you should be in the team, and maybe some of them didn't necessarily do that. Scott Robertson made his European debut. I thought he acquitted himself very well, considering. Yeah, lovely few wee turns and touches. Yeah. He seems to be able to get himself out of trouble, a lot like Cal McGregor in that way. I think that's a lot of what they've been taught at Lennox Town, but game didn't phase him at all. Yes, he made the odd wee mistake, but you wouldn't have said if you're on a neutral watching, that's an 18 year old boy playing no, there, no. but he slotted in fine few nice turns a few good passes the only thing is we might not see him for a while and that's probably not due to any fault of his own it's just no. because of the the good midfielders we have but again it's a good prospect and another one we've got Ewan Henderson out in loan we've got him coming through it looks positive we just need to get these guys game time somehow and I don't see him getting any more at the end of the season but if that was one of the bright shining lights in that game because he just did not look out of place in the slightest Ewan Henderson's a good comparison because obviously just because of positional um, similarities but he reminded me of him in that he looked not not in terms of facially they, they both look like wee guys to me but it's like <laughs> in terms of their, their skill and their composure on the ball they seemed like older than their, their years so far they, they look very composed and very tidy on the ball I know that's a big cliche that they're neat and tidy players but that's about the best thing I can come up with to describe Robertson's performance uh, and Ewan Henderson had to go out this season to get a wee bit of game time so you're, you're right I don't expect to see Robertson too much but it just shows you that there are, there are good players coming through at Celtic. Well, that's what I was about to yeah. say. It's really encouraging when the guys come through. Like, I was quite impressed with Scott Robertson. As yeah. you say, he's only 18 year old. He's making his European debut, making his full debut. But see, when they come in, they've got these turns and they've got the touches and they're, they're playing with their head up and they seem like intelligent footballers that have just got to add more to their game. You're thinking, you know, give, give me that over one of these projects every day give me oh, that yeah, over yeah. for example give me that over a, a, a Marange Fed or one of these guys who doesn't who joins a club doesn't have a first touch yeah. you know I, I've said this I've said this in the podcast before but I was reading an interview of Arsene Wenger years ago and he used to be ruthless he used to be he used to look for the fundamentals at 14 he used to, if a player doesn't have a first touch at 14 Arsene Wenger used to more or less cut them loose yeah, like, yeah. He's ne- he's, if he doesn't have it by now he's never going to get it and it's great seeing guys like that come through the Celtic team because it's it's something to build on yeah and we, we covered this game for the, the Patreon match companion um, during the week and Melly you, you made a good point that these players that come through they all seem to fit a mould maybe it's just coincidence that the last two we've seen have been Robertson and I know I'm judging them off for one, one appearance and Ewan Henderson, they fit into that kind of Callum McGregor style mould where they're, all, they're very good footballers. We're not just churning out that yeah. typical Scottish player no, who no. come in and it's all It's, it's all, all methodical dig. what they yeah, do exactly. it's all well worked, the way they train. Yeah. They all need to be good with both feet, they all need to have good first touch, they all need to be scanning constantly. Yeah. So we're going to see a lot more of these players coming through, I think. Yeah, we're not, just to finish that, we're not... Um, Turning out that typical Scottish player where it's all dig and running yeah. and just flying into tackles and all that, they seem to be creating competent footballers at Lennox Town these days, and it's you love to see it, as they, as they say. Just talking about youth players and coming through, I noted with interest that Manchester United this past Sunday started their four thousandth game by having a, a youth academy prospect in the match day squad. Mm, right. Four thousand. That's about. It's about four seasons for Celtic, isn't <laughs> for it? Callum yeah. McGregor. It's about four seasons for <laughs> Callum McGregor. No, it's quite. Str- it goes all the way back to something like nineteen thirty-seven. Yeah. Now, you can probably scratch. You could probably scratch the first 
40 years off that because no one was really buying players. The most of squads yeah. were for, from the local area and that yeah. sort of thing. Ryan but, Giggs was 23 years of that himself, probably. Yeah. I think they're stretching it slightly with Paul Pogba. As yeah, Paul Pogba oh, as well. they, he's, he's technically a homegrown player as well. I just want to know, I, I can't do the homework myself, but I wonder how, how many games does it jail back for Celtic? But because if you think like, if you look at our squad and who who who's come through our academy, McGregor has been a mainstay for a couple of years. Forrest has been a mainstay for a couple of years. Before that, we had McGeady. He was a mainstay. Yeah. Maloney was come through of us. Even Tierney, who obviously Tierney, played every game going for. Yeah. It's match day squad as well. So is it the 18 that starts, the 18, 11 and 7 subs, or is it the squad of like 24? And then they it chop is, off five. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pushing it. <laughs> I think if you looked into it, a lot of teams would do it. It's impressive all the same, but... Celtic probably have Remember, pretty close. We used to have that rule where we had to include. Oh, well, you had to. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. To. Well, hated that. Didn't <laughs> so I, because thanks to that rule, it was probably dates back as long as Manchester yeah. United does. Before we wrap up, talking about individual performances, we did see another youth prospect come off the bench. Uh, little Dembele came on. Yep. Still looks like a wee guy, doesn't he? He does. He is a wee guy. He is a wee guy. As you said on the match companion, Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. A <laughs> very own Celtic Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's great to see a guy like that in a game like that because, it, let's face it, again, we, we acknowledge the fact that it was, it was a dead rubber, completely worthless, but somebody like that just comes on and brightens the whole thing up. We obviously had the positive of Robertson making his debut, but Karamoko, who we've all been crying out for ever since he made his debut, it's nice to see him come on. This game's maybe not, you can't really judge him in a game like this because he came in and Clues, Clues are a good team. I have to say that up front as well. Clues are a very competent Just team. Just say what we always say, Clues are no mugs. No, they're, they're no that mugs. That's about 25 times this season. But uh, he came on and he was bundled off the ball quite easily towards the end of the game. But see, in fairness to him, he wasn't the only one. I think most of the Celtic yeah. team struggled physically in that game. You look at the... Griffiths, who isn't the most physical of players, did well with what he could. Again, his first touch is very good, but he's never going to... They're a physical team, Clues. Mm. They're they're a big physical and good team. Behind Griffiths, you look, and it's three very, very similar players. Scott Sinclair has got a bit of bulk about him, but he's not... He's still not got a great deal of toughness about him, I feel like. Mm. He does that thing. Scott Sinclair came in, and he was exactly the same player as before we went away. The, The... the most obvious dribbler in the world yeah. now. It's yeah. just you can tell what he's going to do, and people just take the ball off him, and he falls over. So there wasn't a, there wasn't a huge <laughs> amount of physicality. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of cut, a cut and thrust and a lot of physicality about the Celtic team that night. And Karamoko Dembele and just came in and, and found much the same challenge as the rest of them did. I mean, Jeremy Frimpong is young. Yes. He is a full three years older than Karamoko Dembele. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a long way for Dembele to go before we can start expecting to see the yeah. finished product. Yeah, that is obviously true, but because he is such a talent, I think we are sort of accelerating him, yeah. giving him that game in the last game of the season and bringing him on uh, this game. I think if he was anybody else, he wouldn't have got anywhere near it, but because we think if we're going to hold on to this guy, we're we going to persuade him to stay as well. We're going yeah, to correct. give him some opportunities. And look, we could have finished the, that game with Forrest, Johnson and Dembele behind the striker. There's your academy products. Yeah. yeah with that it. Man United, eh? But uh, Mikey Johnson was uh, probably one of the other standouts as yeah, well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He was the one. He played the number 10 role. He's, when we've seen the lineup, we thought he probably would play in there because he's the one with the most creativity yeah. out the three. Uh, but he did have that, the, probably the best opportunity for Celtic where he had that good wee dance about and then had the shot from long range. 
Apart from that, there wasn't much quality in the first half from Celtic, but he was the only one that was sort of giving that wee bit of spark. Yeah. And if there was any sign that Neil Lennon wasn't taking this game seriously as a contest, we saw the introduction of bio. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The less said about that, the better. There's still a, you know, to be posit- as positive as, as we can with bio, there's, a, there's, there's still a long way to go, you know, and he, I'm sure he's got a couple of years left of his contract and they're going to keep working and working at him. As it stands... He's, he's only th- been here a year, so... No, he's a third-choice striker. There's, there's elements there we need to work on. There's no doubt, I think, at the moment that he's more of a project... Uh, and we should certainly in January be looking for another striker. Yeah, but has he was he bought as a project or has he just become a project through through lack of progress? Really, I don't, I don't know. Um, to my mind, if you're going to stick out with two million or whatever it was for yeah. for a guy like Bio and give him the number ten shirt and all that kind of thing, I don't know if he really was planned to be the a long term thing or whether he was planned to come in and provide a bit of competition which he hasn't really done I, again I don't I, I don't want to get on bios back too much but I just don't you you said something earlier about how Arsene Wenger could see it in a 14 year old if his touch is there or not I think you can see it in a 27 year old <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is that bio, his touch is deplorable for a for a guy yeah. at Celtic and I mean I'm trying to be I'm, I don't want this game to be a wall of negativity it no. was basically a dead rubber um, yeah. but it's a I, chance to judge players but yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah. And, and judge them we will oh definitely it's coming up to January and I'm starting to get ruthless with players now I've said it all along with Lewis Morgan I don't see it and I don't see how he's ever going to make a significant contribution to the team Bio as well I know he's coming back from injury he's not had the run of games everybody speaks about but you're not going to get that at Celtic you need to earn that and he can't even come on and control the ball he's falling <laughs> over the ball bowling goalie did alright but we'll come on to him in the Hibs game Johnny Hayes, again, Celtic by numbers. Johnny Hayes had 17 misplaced passes against Rangers. I think he had 10 passes. Never that's lets pa- you down, mate. Never lets you pathetic. down. <laughs> there's, there's a time when you're just going to need to save with these players. Look, that's enough. We've, I've seen enough of these guys to know they're not going to make it long term. And looking back to last January, like Bayo came in, Schwed came in and got loaned out and has barely been seen since. Who signed those two players? Mm. Because it definitely wasn't Brendan Rodgers. And oh, his it was Lee Conger. Well, it, was, well, maybe. it wasn't because Brendan Rodgers didn't give them a sniff of first-team football. So that last January was some buzz, by the way. <laughs> some buzz. <laughs> well, we've got a new head of recruitment in now, so hopefully hopefully, it'll all change. Would you just like to say, I love Ruthless Melly, by the way. Oh, I know. Love it when he gets into this mood. When he's had a long day of work. Imagine the Celtic manager just come in <laughs> December 31st, he's just like that. Gone, 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 gone. Um, You're con- not going to lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing the theme of teams winning matches and having far less possession than the team they beat. Cluj, 34% possession. Celtic, 66% mm. possession. Cluj managed to stick two goals by us, though. Yeah, and the first one, well, we get to half time and it's looking all right. Yeah. Make the substitution, get Julian off, iron on. But to lose a goal at that, it was very silly. It was a deflected shot, goes wide. But again, it's a simple ball into the box and Bowen Goalie just lets his man run off him. It, it's not hard in the slightest. Just mark your man and it doesn't happen. And I know he's just come back into the team after a bit of a layoff, but there's no excuse for not marking your man there. There was a bit of, uh, bit of question marks over Bowen Goalie for the second goal as well. Yeah, look, it's a good ball across from the right-hand side. I didn't think Bauer had too much a uh, game again with him. I don't see it. Frimpong, mm. from what I've seen, is... 20 times the player he is and from what I've seen of El Hamid he's much better as well so is Bauer much of an upgrade on Ralston 
possibly, but long term, mm. don't see it now. I've seen enough games, so cut him and Restless. <laughs> Restless. <laughs> yeah, the ball comes over, it's a decent ball to the back post, and bowling goalie's caught in two minds because he's got to go and close the ball, and there's a guy behind him who's not been marked, and that's sort of down to beat on. Yeah, I didn't have a major issue with bowling goalie in the second goal, no. I have to say, because it was a really good pass across and a, a, a cutback that was perfect and Celtic just didn't do it yeah yep, I know I love a, love a cut back but not ones against us yeah, well, <laughs> so. you know what was impressive with that volley game set and match from Djokovic that was such oh, a yeah. very nice. oh, that. I like that, that impressive yeah. they did have good players so I, I quite liked Sester at the back who was weirdly started his career at like walking or something like that <laughs> how you get wind up from there to Jeffrey Cluj I have absolutely no idea Diak, who we've seen several times this season, mm. I thought was a good player. I thought he was very threatening and could add a couple of goals, if not for Craig Gordon on the night. But um, the sec the second goal, I, as I started saying, I didn't have a huge problem with bowling goalie. I think he was caught between. I, I think he was let down to be honest. Yeah. Much like them, um, Frimpong for the penalty in the the cup final. Yes, he was the last man on the scene and it maybe looked as if he was in no man's land. But I, what led to that was probably nothing to do with him. So that was it. Close beat us 2-0. Bad, bad news for us. Even worse news for Lazio. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Sadly, that meant Lazio didn't go through. It didn't matter in the end, though, because Lazio ended up losing, didn't they, as well? Yes, beat by Ren. Yeah, that's right. They got beat by bottom of the table, Ren. And if you don't know, Celtic topped that table on 13 points. Sheffrey Cluj go through in second on 12. Lazio and Ren, 6-4. and four. That table could have very easily, in some people's minds, been the other way around. Upside down, yeah. yeah, could have very easily been upside down. And Mussolini's anyway. <laughs> yeah. Especially after Celtic's performance as against Cluj. How many times has it we played them now? Four? Four, Four yes. And is it what's the results been? Two losses. A, a draw and a win. And a draw. So on the head to head, old Cluj have done no bad against it this season. Yeah. Um that has been uh, one of the most enjoyable European campaigns I can remember for a long time. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Since since what? Mark McNeil time possibly? Well, Strachan, Gordon Strachan time definitely. Yeah. yeah. It was great to go into that group and it wasn't the easiest of Europa League groups. There's no diddies in there that no. teams you've not heard of. They're all teams of a decent pedigree. Lazio as well. To go and beat them twice was beyond the wildest dreams and to go into that last game qualified against the bottom seed in the team away from home it's unbelievable to yeah. have a game to spare and you, you can't move position was absolutely incredible and look Brendan Rodgers said last season I can't take this team any further he looks like an absolute mug now yeah that's <laughs> right that's a very good point Jamie you and I um, sat down on he's second in the league with Leicester so yeah, well, is <laughs> we sat down to record uh, one of the episodes of our Patreon the favourite the most popular Patreon episode we do at the Friday phone in we, yes. we sat down to do that on Friday and we got a question that kind of threw us off a wee bit. We had to look into what had actually happened. We get a question about what Ewan Murray had said about Celtic and Rangers qualification. Yes. He sort of posited that um, he, Celtic and Rangers qualifying from a group is a bare minimum, oh, so, yeah, so yeah. shouldn't be celebrated. Now, that's pish, full stop. Right? That's a, a lot of nonsense. But it's also even more stupid when you break it down into its individual elements, break it down into its components. So you're telling us that it's a bare minimum to go and beat Lazio home and away a bare minimum Aye. to go and you know comfortably beat Ren sweep them aside don't even didn't even play that well against Ren and comfortably walked over the top of them two get a draw away the top, the two teams two out of the top five leagues yeah, yeah. in our group in our Europa League yeah, and to, we get through to do something they've never done in their history to go away to Italy and win and 
well, go behind in both games and come back and win. Poppycock, you and, you and Murray. Sorry for my language there, I know, I know. Billy writes for the Garden, yeah. so that will be very, very, very <laughs> offensive to him. Was it because you said poppy? <laughs> <laughs> the problem with this is that's very typical of the reaction you get yeah. to Celtic doing these things, you know, bare minimum. But the, the fact of the matter is, we could have won every game. Yeah we, yeah, we could have won every game in that group. We were very close to it, and the one we did lose at the end, it doesn't count, dead rubber. Um, but I, I loved that. I loved that European performance at the start of it. A lot of trepidation. You're looking at, we're looking at Ren in particular, especially Lazio, and you're thinking, God, this is, this could be a tough old time for us. But we absolutely smashed it. Beating Lazio home and away are two of the best European results oh. I can, I can remember. Yeah. Maybe since Barcelona, maybe. Yeah, and I said that at the time. I said that anything Celtic are doing things in this season that are up there with anything I've experienced as as an adult Celtic fan. And that's that's the case with the Lazio fans, um, the Lazio games. The Lazio are a team who have done have gone from absolute strength to strength ever since, having played Celtic as well. They've gone flying up the league and they've got one of the best strikers in Europe at the moment as well. So yeah. to just to just to round that off, to say that it's even approaching anything that with that contains the words bare minimum is, is frankly ludicrous I don't want to pay uh, too much attention to that I just wanted to bring it in just to just to contrast with what real people think it's just it's complete nonsense I wouldn't have any of that you no know, what are you celebrating for because we've qualified from a very tough group something that you can't take for granted what Celtic and Rangers these are, are the you same people about? that moan about Celtic these are the same people that go maybe Celtic need a reality check the Europa League might be their level yeah. so you go and you smash it and they go ah, maybe 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 there's a competition <laughs> in between Europa and Champions League that a lot of nonsense Celtic there's only two teams that got more points in the Europa League than Celtic um one of them was to face the Huns and next round is Braga mm, yeah, uh, on, right. on 14 who got the most points in the Europa League Europa League chat oh, specialists Sevilla, at Sevilla yeah. naturally um, if you're interested FC Copenhagen only managed 9 points in a very weak group their group contained Malmo Copenhagen Dynamo Kiev and Lugano a very very weak group when you're looking at how each team done in the group you'd, you'd Gives you more weight to the theory that Celtic could really, really take this one. Yeah, yeah, we could. And look, we got the first leg away from home because we finished top of the group, and that's what you want because now you're looking at it: three wins out of three at Celtic Park, bringing back the thunder, bringing back the fear of teams coming to Celtic Park because that is what we've missed for a, a long, long time since Neil Lennon was last in charge. Yeah. even then the last season wasn't good, but. The Barcelona group, it's a long, long time ago now in terms of European groups. So it's bringing that back. Teams do not want to come to Celtic Park. So it's, it's all good, all good. Domestic duty then came calling for Celtic. Celtic 2, Hibs nil. Hibs new manager Jack Ross in the dugout at Celtic Park since... When was the last time? We, was it was he St Mirren manager? Yeah, that time we beat them... Five wonder that finished, and then Brendan yeah. said it was the best team we'd played that season. Was it? The conversation turned to potential formations when the lineup came out: Foster, Frimpong, Bitton, Julian, Ayer, Bowling goalie Brown, and Cham McGregor, Edward, and Forrest. Now, people are trying to work out what is what was the formation. Did you have any best guesses before the game kicked off, Melly? Oh, judging by that, I thought it would be a three three five two. The back three, the three centre halves: Bitton, Ayer, and Julian Frimpong and Bowling goalie down either flank. We have McGregor and Brown sitting in midfield and Cham just ahead of that and Forrest just off Edward. Turned out to be that way and Hibbs, they lined up in a 4-4-2 diamond. They Doige and Canberra up front with Scott Allen behind. So I think looking at the team, three centre-halves can combat their two strikers. 
and then we can win that battle in midfield because Hibs are soft as shit. In midfield. <laughs> <laughs> they are that, yeah. How do you think Neil Lennon came about in that? Because he said, you know, it was it was something that he was trying out after the match. He was looking at formations with two up front. He thought this was a formation that gave him most of his best players on the pitch at the same time. Do you think this is something he's maybe trying out with a view at the Rangers game? I'm not sure about that. I think it might be used again in the season because you did have Johnson, El Yunusi out and if you're looking at that, he's not going to play Sinclair, so who would play over on the left-hand side yeah. of the front three? We didn't have Ryan Christie as well. He was out injured and Tom Rogic hasn't really been fit. He didn't travel to Cluj, so there wasn't a lot of players to play in the three behind the striker and it meant we could get that extra protection in the defence and it also meant we can give Frimpong the freedom of the right-hand side yeah. and it meant we keep the midfield free. So uh, I thought it was interesting to see after the game, I was quite happy with it. I'd make, if we were going forward with that for certain games, I'd have a few different players in certain positions, but I was happy with how it worked out. Yeah, enjoyable game. And there is the, there's always that threat with Hibs. Hibs are a team that at least come to Celtic Park to try and do something. Yeah, they usually they're, score, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they quite often score against Celtic. We've already seen, well, 5-2, the most recent game between the two. They do come and try and do things against Celtic. They try and at least... If they're in the knowledge that they're not going to win the game, it's very rare that they'll win a game at Celtic Park. They'll at least give it a go, which you can't really say about many teams who turn up at Celtic Park. Hibs is, is generally quite an entertaining game. Dodge has been scoring goals, um, and Camberry. Camberry's a tricky one. He's a kind of funny player. Uh, you you said to me, which is a good point, it doesn't really seem all that arsed most of no, the time. Camberry's I mean, he's a good put, he's player. He's downed tools for Lennon and who followed up and. Hacking bottom way yeah. down tools for both of those managers. It's only a matter of time before he does it with Jack Ross as well. Yeah, without a doubt. He's, he's a, a dangerous player though on his day. Um, the the lineup itself was a surprise. It's actually the first time Beaton, Iyer and Julian have started a game all together since AIK away in late August. And Iyer only played the first 15 minutes of that before getting off injured. Was it right back? Yeah, Ralston. Ralston came on for that. Oh, so the, T-Dog. Yeah, so the, so it's it's three players who haven't really played together all that much. There's a new the contract. Backseat. There's new contract signed for Neil Beaton. How yes. do you feel about that? We've sort of touched on Beaton before, Celtic utility man, which mm-hmm. is always the sort of damning with faint praise. I, personally, I think Beaton's a good player. Yeah, you know, he, he fulfills a number of roles. That 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 utility man tag, which is kind of damning with faint praise, but I think he's a tidy player. I think he's a good passer of the ball. He's sort of become our third choice centre half uh, mm. at the moment, but he's not really a centre half. But he can drop it in the midfield if required. And has done quite recently yeah, as well, and, yeah. And has done quite recently. There's part of me thinking, you know, with Scott Brown maybe retiring at the end of this season, end of next season, do we have the replacement for Scott Brown right under our nose? Yeah, I think if uh, Scott Brown's ever injured, Beaton can slot in there. And when he's in centre-half now, I don't have the fear I used to have when he was put in yeah, there. He's, yeah. he's played well in big away games. He was good at Ibrooks before he had to go off. He was good again here. And he gives us that solidity passing out from the back as well he is a good player to have around I think he's a popular guy about the squad and again that there's been a lot of announcements come from Celtic recently just completely out of nowhere that nobody had a clue about so it's good to see that thing's been kept in the rats I didn't quite expect him to get such a long deal 10 years I think that, that'll lead him up to his testimonial that'll lead him up to his testimonial if he sees that through to 2023 that's incredible yeah and look we're going to need 
forward plan for Scott Brown going because it's going to be so difficult to replace him. Like, like don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying no, that's no. why yeah. that contract's signed, but I'm thinking, look, you're looking about the squad, we can forget about Kwasi. <laughs> the other options we've got in midfield aren't really Scott Brown, they're not really that tigers, but we've got a player like Beaton who can do the defensive work, who likes to sit deep, who could pass a wee bit better than Scott Brown. You think maybe that's someone that could fill that role? Yeah, if Scott Brown does go, we'll obviously need to replace him, but to have Beaton as a sort of understudy would be good. And, you can always slot him back into that Zidane position that he's uh, <laughs> yeah. touted for as well. Uh, I wish I never wrote that article five <laughs> years so ago as a, as a joke. I was surprised <laughs> to see that he, he signed a new contract because I thought it's like he, he's been, he has been here a surprisingly long length of time now at huh? Celtic near Beaton. It's, it's Remember when he first joined we had his name printed wrong in the back of his shirt? That's right, with just the one T. I was surprised because I thought he's getting to a stage of his career now surely where he has to it has to be something, do you know what I mean? It has to no longer be that guy who plays 18, 22 mm. games a season for Celtic in two or three different positions. But it just shows you that you'd never know what's going on with a with a player. Um, you never if know what. Happy yeah, that's what I mean. If your your happiness, your your well being is the most important thing, and if that's where he's put as his main priority, then by all accounts yeah. he's very settled here. You know, like you say, yeah. he's a very very popular figure at the club. Mainly his kids go to school here. Do you see him? He's he, he doesn't. He does enjoy it here. He enjoys his time at Celtic. And, and don't get me wrong. If I was being ruthless, Melly here, I would say, well, that's no reason to keep somebody about just because they enjoy it. Yeah. But he's obviously he's maybe not on a huge contract. He does contribute to the squad when required. I, I think he's a good person to have about. Yeah, I think so. He can play a number of positions, and that's good for the first sub on the bench. He can fill into midfield and defence. And I always. Remember that in the dark dial of days when we were first doing match companions and he came on against Ajax and gets sent off after yep, a minute right. or something? <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> terribly, terribly disappointed that he has signed a new contract as well because we have to consign the podcast title we've been Aye. sitting on for about two years yeah. to the bin now and it was going to be used taken near. We had used taken near. <laughs> we were like, when is he, when's he going to go? We could use that. Yeah, yeah, used taken near. So that's that ruined. Celtic, thanks. Thanks the for that. joke back yeah. in the bin. Um, Frimpong, as you say, started at right wing back. This is a true story. So last week, I don't, I don't hardly bet, right? So for the cup final, as we know, that I put uh, Julian on first yeah. goal scorer at like forty five. Seems to, to be loads of people who got in on that action. Did they? Right? Yeah. Oh, smart people, smart yeah. people. So, <laughs> so I took my money out. I left a wee fiver in my account, and I thought other bookies are available. That's other not bookies a, that's are available. It. Yeah, yeah. I thought, uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a wee five quid on Frimpong to score first, right? And when you press the drop down, his name wasn't even there. So I was like, oh, I'll just stick it on Edward. Yeah. He wasn't even an option. Then someone told me, yeah, that's because it's usually like 100 to 1 or whatever. Right. <laughs> if you ask, they'll give you it. But I just, I just don't know how bookies work. So, nah. wasn't it? so I missed out. Yeah, it wouldn't be 100 to 1. I think I get 20 to 1 on Ralston before. So it'll be a, roughly about that probably. But whatever it was, Melly, I didn't get it. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I put my money on Edward who didn't score first. But Frimpong again, running out of superlatives for this wee guy. You know, it's... Was it four out of five man of the match performances at, yeah. at Celtic yeah, Park or something? The one he didn't get, Johnny Hayes got, and I thought it should have been from Paul, yeah. but Johnny Hayes had just uh, scored at Ibrox, so yeah. it was fair enough. But the guy just looks like a first-team player already by now. I think that the best youngsters he's ever seen, Neil Lennon said after the match. Yeah, one yeah. of the best kids. One of the best kids he's also. ever seen, that's what he said. Yeah, that was his 10th game, and he's not had a bad game in there, has he? He's no, not had a terrible no. game. One mistake against Rangers, which we said the ball ping ponged about and it fell at Frimpong. Nothing really could have done about that. 
he's been absolute tremendous signing, an absolute steal of the century. It could be up there with like the DD Agat signings. We forget to keep him for, but it's, just it's funny you should right mention Agat. They're very reminiscent of Agat. You know the the pace and the directness that, that much better on the ball. Much yeah, better on the much ball. Much more skillful. Much I would better. even go. I would go even one further than that. I'd say in the brief time we've been seeing him now I, I referred to him as a Dembele level signing a couple of weeks ago yeah. on this and I, I definitely stick to that I don't feel foolish about that comparison in any way um, which I often do with my comparisons on here but I'd say that he looks even better on the ball even better in attacking than Kieran Tierney oh, did he's, uh, oh, uh, uh, right uh, no he's, he's, he's definitely much better dribbler now oh, Kieran Tierney was age, Kieran Tierney was much more He's direct, very direct powerful, and very powerful yeah. and, he, and he doesn't have the defensive uh, capabilities yet that Kieran Tierney did but in terms of his threat that you can't get the ball off him at all and it's, it, he does people it barge the... him people, people pull his jersey people try and try and outpace him which is uh, baffling really because he can go both ways see the amount of times yeah. he turned that Hibs fullback they think that, you know he's going right and then phone up, boop, he's through the left and he's squaring yeah. the ball back and you're like he's turning people inside out Melly yeah it was a absolutely tremendous just watching him just, you think the guy's going to take he just takes a touch past him and his pace just gets him away every time he doesn't let the fact that he gets chopped down get affect no. his game he just keeps going and I think it showed in the game Neil Lennon mentioned after it I noticed it twice during the game but Hibbs changed for the 4-4-2 diamond to to a 3-5-2 it matches up and he gave Horgan an absolute torrid time but I think Neil Lennon said they changed who he was up against three times he was up against right, Stevenson yeah. Yeah. Horgan and, and then I Boyle think, was it Boyle they yeah. switched Boyle and Hangover so they could do nothing absolutely nothing to sort him out and just imagine in the perfect world, if we if this formation was to work, Kieran Tierney on one side and Frimpong on the left, uh, on the other side, that'd be absolutely tremendous. It's but, what we always asked for, wasn't well, it? But yeah. it wasn't to be, unfortunately. It's like Edward and Dembele, I imagine, yeah. still a day two up front, three five two, Tierney and Frimpong down the flanks. Well, Kieran Tierney's injury record; he'd probably not be playing for us <laughs> at the moment. He can't get himself off that bench. Get well soon. Two goals and ten appearances for Frimpong as well. It took Kieran Tierney sixty to score oh. two goals so there you go it isn't black and white he is a, a bigger threat than Kieran Tierney uh, also just while we're on the subject took Danny Alves a whole season to get two goals oh, so, so there you are again facts are there laid bare well, speaking of ruthlessness as we did earlier on 3-5-2 I like it going forward a wee, couple of wee tweaks I'd make is if we sign a striker in January I'd like to see them in ahead of Forrest Unless Forrest playing maybe right wing back, I don't think he works in this formation. Mm-hmm. No slight on him, he's obviously one of our best players, but just with this performance in his last couple, he's not been too good, but see, he'll play himself out there. See on Forrest, sorry to jump in there, I'll let you get back to what you were talking about. Just before we get away from Forrest, um, I, th- I don't have the same faith that the manager does. I don't see what Neil Lennon says when he... Th- he thinks he can play more centrally. I don't think he's. I, I don't buy it. I think James Forrest is a terrific winger. He's a brilliant right winger. Mm. I don't see it when he when he plays more centrally or on the left. He's he's good on the left. He's good on the left, and he is decent through the middle. But he, I think we lose an awful lot when he's not on the right. But just just to jump in with that there. I think, but James, the thing about James Forrest is he does believe it or not, does most of his work in the box. So James yeah, Forrest is, when I was looking at the stats for the tactics board, I think James Forrest is second only to Alfredo Morelos for touches inside the box. So that's where James Forrest likes yeah. to do his work. So I think maybe Neil Lennon's thinking was, you know, with the guys pushing high on either yeah. side, James Forrest can make those runs inside. And But the thing you've got with Frimpong on the right, and this is, when I looked at it, I thought Forrest was maybe going to play more on the left because Frimpong on the right gets right up to the byline, comes into the box, can do the whole thing, whereas bowling goalie tends to cut inside and look for the easier pass, where I thought, well, 
if Bolingoli is going to cut inside, then that leaves space for Forrest to get out and, and yeah. take yeah. pick up the positions. It never transpired that way, but maybe that's what Neil Lennon was hoping. Yeah, and if when Forrest playing right up to, up top, he maybe doesn't get those spaces he gets drifting in from the wide area, mm. and that's where he gets his touches in the box and he gets a lot of goals. But back to Bolingoli, I know he's just coming back from injury, and but that is a lot of games we've seen him now, and he was playing left wing back on Sunday. And he just kept coming inside. And yeah, it just he's... completely ruins any tactic. I'm trying to look at it from the manager's point of view and there's no way he's telling him to do that because no. he ended up, again, you've spoken about it before, in the number 10 position when he's meant to be left winger. Frimpong was giving his width down that right-hand side and it was ripping them apart. Bowling goalie is coming inside all the time and there's nobody out in the left. We need him going down the left, going on the outside and getting crosses, getting cutbacks. And he didn't do it. And the reason I think he does it is because it's the easy way out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's the easy it's option, the easy option yeah. at Celtic Park to go inside and pass inside rather than take somebody on and lose the ball. Now, I know he's just come back from injury. I know he did well at Ibrox. But did he do well at Ibrox for bowling goalie because he hadn't looked yeah. good in the previous games I'm starting to just wonder why Greg Taylor wasn't in before him because he didn't show anything in that game again to say left wing back freedom of the pitch you should be up and down there didn't show me anything Kieran I think Tierney, he's, got, he's got good sorry sorry Kieran Tierney on occasion under Rodgers would go up the left and cut inside and form like another 10 on occasion but never as part of a 5 because that wasn't his job is to provide with yeah. when he cut inside and, and joined in with the attack it's because players like Sinclair and often Armstrong were out there covering those positions and stitching everything together so is is I would never see any reason for someone who is as you say as part of the midfield 5 as it were cut cutting inside I don't I don't see the sense in it ball and goalie is I have to be honest. I know we've been a wee bit, a wee bit harsh and or ruthless as mm. as we call it on this world, guys. I don't see it in Bolingoli. I have to be perfectly honest. That him, he's a decent player. I think he's, I think he's okay. I think he's okay. But when you say, I know he's just back, but want to get up to speed. But see, see that speed we're talking about. I feel like I've seen it now. You, you said he's played twenty four games for Celtic now, and yeah, I, right. I feel like. I've, I've, I'm able to make a judgment. No, I'm not writing them off. I, I just feel like I, I now know what bowling goalie is as a player, and, it, and it's just all right. Um, I don't, I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's a bad player. No, though. no, no, he's not. And he's, he's actually, he's actually quite a skillful player at times. But his, his touch still lets him down. Um, there was an occasion that the. I felt bad for him because the crowd were a wee bit on his back by this point, but there was one towards the end of the Hibs game where he was played through and the ball just broke off him out the way and the, the whole crowd just groaned and he looked really frustrated with himself. He got caught out with a ball over the top as well and Hibs, yeah, that's the right. Hibs guy cut inside and luckily Aya was there, he sought it out. But see, looking at the 3 5 too, I was trying to think about it today, just switch a couple of players. So I'd have Greg Taylor down the left, Frimpong down the right, well, Brown and McGregor sitting mm. just ahead of them, Christie. Up front, Edward and Rogic. Now, Rogic mm. isn't the most yeah. mobile in midfield, and when he is in the number 10 position, we press, he pushes right up with Edward and presses the defence. So, if we could have the two of them up there, or you uh-huh. could swap Christie and Rogic, but it just gets a lot you know of you could do? You could swap, on the pitch. In that one, you could swap Christie and Rogic, right? Take Rogic, throw him right in the bin, and put in Cham on instead, because <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the better formation. I think I'm just going to pull you up a wee bit here. I think you're being a bit wishful when it comes to Greg Taylor. I think Greg Taylor's a decent enough player, but he's he's played a handful of games, some good games, some bad games. And I think on bowling goalie, I think to criticise him for being an okay player 
is, is a bit unfair because it's, it's, it's not like we've went out and spent 10 million on the guy. No. He only costs, what, three, four million pounds. He's come in to fill in for Kieran Tierney. I think he's done a decent enough job. You know, I, I, I've never, I don't think he's been absolutely awful he for a lot of the time. He's not been awful, but from your left back or your left wing back, you can't come inside yeah. and completely stop the whole tactic working by crowding he in there. He set up a goal. He was inv- I mean, he was involved in Edward's goal. Doing what I mean, I, I get what you're saying. He, how was he involved in that goal? Will he, will he cross? crossed from the left-hand side Aye. where he should be. Well, I, well that's true. Yeah, that he, that's did, true. He, did, he did do a lot of cutting in. And as I said to you, I think it is the easy option he takes. But I think his overall contribution, a lot of the time, is absolutely fine. Like you say, though, there are games where he's been poor. But, yeah. but he's never been absolutely abysmal. And I think he's, you know, I don't think, put it this way, I don't think we need to sign another left-back. Oh, no, definitely no. not. I think he's fine. But from what I've seen of him, he can go on the outside and he can do that. Mm. I just want him to do it more often rather than cut in and do the easy thing. I'd rather see him go on the outside and maybe get tackled or try and take a man on and maybe win a throw in win a corner rather than go inside and congest but maybe he's playing his strengths maybe can he take a guy on maybe he's like look, him do it, but... I don't know what I'm, what I'm saying is I think his overall contribution has been has tipped the scale to positive I, I would I would say yeah. that I, I don't know do you think it's neutral yeah i I look at the body of work now at this point and as I said, 24 games, first dozen probably were a bit shaky. Mm. Certainly the first half dozen up until Ibrox, I was ready to kind of write the guy off as fairly poor, but he, he turned up and pl- played surprisingly well in that game. He was good against Lazio as well, but then he got injured and now he's back playing. No, again, just after an injury, he's just been okay. I just look at the body of work over 24 games, it probably evens itself out. I, I, just, just, I just worry okay. he's one of these players. games is mental yeah. December. I, I, know. I, just, I, know. I, just, I just worry he's one of these guys that's, that's got, uh, it's, he's, been, he's been tagged and he, he's going to have to work extra hard to shake that tag off. I think he's shaking that off for a lot of people because of the Ibrox performance. Yeah. That was September, we're now in December. I suppose we should talk about the goals. Frimpong took his goal wonderfully, done me out of some money, but it's okay, I'll let him off. It was a decent goal. I think just before it, Scott Brown wins the ball midfield, and see the amount of times that guy does that and just wins the ball back for us. McGregor goes down the left, goes to Ryan Portis, and it sort of gets caught under his feet, and hmm. Edward manages to get it off him. And there's Frimpong making that run. That look, you see if you're playing that right wing back position, you need to make those runs, and he done it. And the layoff was perfect. The finish was perfect through the keeper's legs and. The wee guy scoring at Celtic Park. You <laughs> love to see it, don't you? He uh, just absolutely loves everything. Two goals, both set up by Edward now as well, because oh, he got yeah. that one at Pitodri recently. Yeah. The Edward just cut it right across for him and he bundled it in with every part of his body, but <laughs> still, they all count. That's Edward's first start since the Livingston victory. Livingston, yeah, yep. 4 0, yeah. Three starts, three goals. Yeah, either side of the sub appearance at Hamden, he has scored in his last three starts. That's Absolutely. correct. Absolutely. If anybody yeah. doesn't know, invaluable to us, man. Oh, oh yeah. yes, the team just looks totally different with him. We, see, to be fair, the, the goal, it was it was a wee while coming because we did create quite a lot of chances. Edward had missed one. There was a lovely one cut back to him from Frimpong. From Paul. Yeah. And he just he scooped it a bit wide. He just caught it too well, if anything. McGregor <laughs> had a decent strike yeah. and there was a good block on in Cham as well. So the goal was sort of coming, but you got worried that maybe it just wouldn't come. But we got the goal and it was pretty much game... Well, not game set match because Hibs came in a bit in the second yeah. half, but Celtic were in control. We just needed that killer second goal. And it, 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 once it got into the second half, after the first sort of 10 minutes... 
we just sort of dominated again. It was yeah. some good football in there again. I, I quite liked the formation because of the... I like to, I, I like I a three at the back. I don't know if it would work against a lot of teams because teams just play one up front and try and play that. But Hibs don't. They play the two with Scott Allen behind. Scott Allen had absolutely no influence on the game whatsoever. No, there wasn't, even that, his back yeah, pocket. there wasn't even that tasty wee battle with no. Brownie. It, wasn't, it didn't even come to that, uh, yeah. Another interesting thing I noticed was how Hibs approached the Celtic midfield. What they'd done was they let... They pressed and Cham, so every time he had the ball, they were right on top of his first touch, not letting him get turned, not letting him do anything. But when McGregor had the ball, they sort of sat off McGregor and blocked out his options. So yeah. they were quite happy to let McGregor have the ball and quite happy to close down and Cham. I thought came. McGregor was excellent again, right yeah. enough. I yeah. thought he was great on the ball. And I always, I always try to remind myself to say that because I feel like we never do it. It's that old thing with Kieran Tierney, isn't it? We always forget to praise yeah. the guys who are always good and I thought McGregor was excellent in this game. The longer the game went on, it just seemed, the more you noticed it, like, this guy has barely put a foot wrong no, the whole game. Yeah. Just, the influence comes more and more and the longer it goes into the game, the guy's engine as well, he just, he looks just head and shoulders above Hibs midfield, yeah. which, to be fair, isn't hard because they don't have a defensive bone between them. With Stevie Mallon and Scott Allen in midfield, that, that is crazy stuff, but they don't have any other options. Well, Hibs, as I started saying this, that Hibs are capable of causing Celtic problems, even... Um, they had a double nutmeg. They had a double nutmeg. The ball comes over to the left-hand side. Uh, Boyle picks up, I think, I'm sure he nutmegs Frimpong first, and then is it Julian, and then he has a... Bent is a right-footed shot. Yeah, just you know what? I do remember that. Oh, tasty. That was a, de- a decent yeah. chance. I'm sure it was a double nutmeg. Fair play to you. The thing with Hibs is they generally have a, a better standard of manager than most of the league. Yeah. They've not yeah. they got the greatest of teams, but they've. you go back as far as you know, Stubbs through to Lennon. Heckingbottom, not so much. He ended up a, bit, a wee bit of a disaster, but in fairness to him, he got a couple of decent results against Celtic as well. And now into Jack Ross, they've always got that slightly better manager than the rest of the league, and they are capable of at least testing Celtic. But I thought it was an excellent professional and good performance from, uh, from I mean, Celtic. Celtic had 21 shots on Hibs goal, yeah. literally peppering the goal. If you, <laughs> if you have over 20, yeah. that's what peppering is. Okay. Couple yeah. of them are in Cham, but wild. Uh, absolutely wild. Anyway. How do you think Cham got on in that game? Well, as we spoke about, Lennon said he was outstanding, but out them the free midfield, he wasn't bad. No. But I thought Brown and Lennon had better game. Uh, Brown and McGregor had better games than him. Just in these sort of games, you just think, go out and dominate, mate. Mm. This is the game where you can just go out there and you are much better than your counterparts. And he showed it to a certain extent, but there's still things like you could be so much better. There was one in midfield. I know it's just one wee instance, but he sort of pulled out a tackle, mm. and the crowd yeah. notices that, and there was no need nah, for it. It, wasn't, it wasn't a wild one. So it, there's a lot of things he can improve on, but. I suppose he is working himself back in, but he didn't do anything to say next week or during the Hearts game. He should be in ahead of Christie if he's not back. Another day could have had at least one assist. There was one he cut back for Forrest and he just yeah. dragged it a wee bit wide. So uh, it's these, yeah, bit. that's right. Actually, it's these fine margins. On another day, we could have come away thinking, you know, he didn't have the greatest of game, but he was involved in that goal. But so same, could... same with Forrest. He didn't have the best of games, but and he sets up Edward. Yeah, Edward. Missed a couple of chances. Hopefully, he gets a goal before he has to go off. And then he comes off the pitch and he's got a goal and an assist. Well, he didn't have the best games, but he still contributed in a massive way. Yeah, that, that's right. That, that's always the case with Forrest. I think a lot of people out there seem quite unhappy with Forrest's performance. But as much as I said I don't like him as much through the middle as I do on the right, that's not a that's not a dig at him. Yeah. I just I just prefer him on the right. I think he's still a hugely effective player. 
However, I do think he's just been quiet in the last three or four games, and that's that's fine. I've not got a problem with that. Even if he was to, I know he was substituted in this game, but if he was maybe to get a rest the next time the opportunity arises, the only problem is there aren't many options on the right-hand side is the only thing. So you would have to maybe go to the three, play Frimpong in the right, and find us. Maybe the, maybe the Rogic thing up with Edward is, is the thing you look at. No. Oh, right, was that? No, no. <laughs> I thought you were going to react. Yeah. No. Uh, no, no, no. I, I just uh, oh, hey. I, what, if, what about uh, was it JP Four said in the phone in we scored twenty eight goals in the games Rogic has played in and is it twelve in the games he's not? Is that true? Uh, well, that you know what that kind of convinces me the other way. But if it seems that every Celtic selection comes down a straight choice between Christie and Rogic, they yeah, both Christy wins every time. Yeah, yeah for me, Christie wins every. If you can get both of them in, aye. You know, and I don't see why that's not happened more often because the amount of teams have played Lewis Morgan, just bench him, play someone else and then do, do, the, do the swap that way. Going back to the midweek game in Hearts, I fully expect us to go back to the 4-2-3-1. I think Johnson will come in in the left possibly and Chris Day and Forrest. And I have no qualms about playing Forrest. He's not had the best of times recently, the last few games. But Tynecastle... I expect him to start. Yeah. I probably expect him to score. To be honest, when Stephen Forrest is being quiet for those three or four games, that tends to be the time when he comes Incoming. in. And, yeah, yeah. He scores a hat trick or yeah. something. That, that tends to be the way with Forrest. So that's that, as Millie, as we've been saying in this podcast every single week, one game at a time. Well, uh, that was five games to go before the split. One down, four to go. And it's a. Uh, it was nice to see Motherwell not bother to show up for their game against Rangers. <laughs> yeah, the manager yeah. getting nicked the night yeah, before. Yeah, he's in the jail the night before. Was it? Was that there. the Christmas party? That must have been the Motherwell Christmas party <laughs> or something beforehand. I don't know how he how he ends up in the jail. Sure but they'll have a Christmas party a couple of days before they play a game. Don't care. Don't yeah. care. They're playing the Rangers. Rangers managed to win. Up next for us, as you said, is Hearts, who are toiling at the bottom of the table. Um, they've just brought in the ex Barnsley manager. Yes. Um, yeah, Daniel Stendel, what could go wrong? He's a German football coach. Surely that's well, like, success uh, written all apparently over Apparently, he said to Anne Burge this week, the, the squad is in the worst possible shape and he yeah. really needs a big clear out. He's not got his staff in either. He's not got his staff. Well, it's quite funny because I also read for Hearts, you know, Anne Budge doing a great job, also read the Hearts <laughs> that she's not ruled out giving Craig Levine a new contract. As what? As Who what? Knows? Yeah. So as long as Hearts keep the mess up. Yeah, as a groundskeeper. <laughs> Michael Stewart just had a fit when you said that. Somewhere <laughs> somewhere out there in Scotland, he just rolled over in his grave, even he, though he's not dead. Yeah. He, he's just waiting for it. He's just you know, Hearts, yeah, they're, sorry to interrupt. They're, they're in real danger of getting relegated. They sure are, yeah. It seems like an exaggeration to say like a big club like Hearts could go down, but you look at the since Celtic last played them, beat them 3-1 in August, since then they've played 16 games and they've won two. Two and it was against St Mirren and they somehow managed to beat Hibs. I think they beat Hibs just as it was about to be. You either win this game or, or, you're, or, gone. or you're gone with Levine. And then they won that thing, making people think they'd maybe turn the corner and then they just went straight back to normal. Did get a draw against the Bears, but so. Yeah, of course. But if the guy, the new guy's in and he's already talking about how it's a tougher job than he thought, he's been in the door about 36 hours as far as I can tell. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> doing one walk in and went, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is this? It's an abysmal squad, but like there's decent players in there. But There's, there's a lot no, of older players. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. Like, 40 players or something, I know. So we should hopefully... You wanted to, you know, December's a tough month. How many games have we got? I think we've got, is it nine or 11? Because we've got an extra game over Rangers, so this gives us an opportunity to, right, yeah. to, to push yes, ahead a wee bit. And, and Hearts is that extra game, I think. Yeah, weirdly, Celtic have got three games in the league before that clash, and Rangers have only got two. Mm. I don't know how that's quite worked out with the, the, the fixtures. Just bought Friday night. Yeah. There's uh, no space in it. But 
I'm happy with that. See if we can beat Hearts all going well. Press ahead. Look, Hearts, you always you're always wary, Tynecastle, it's always a tough game. It really shouldn't be. No. If it was any other team down that bottom of that league in that form, you think that's three points. Aberdeen at home next week, St Mirren away, and then the big one. Good games coming up. It's exciting yeah. times. And on that, we shall end with a quiz. Oh, oh you tricked us. I'm turning the tables. Quizzes. This week, we drew Copenhagen mm. in the Europa League. It is not the first time, obviously, we've played Copenhagen. We played them in 26th of September 2006. 0-0, wasn't it? No, Melly, it was not. Celtic won 1-0. Oh, no, it was 0-0. That... Look at the goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> Melly has rescinded yeah, that goal yeah. against Copenhagen. So what we're going to do here is we're going to do the old sudden death. It's Kenny Miller. Yes, it's here. Kenny Miller, the goal scorer. So I'm going to do the old sudden death. How many players oh. that started that night can you name? Sudden death. 26th of December, 2006. You're obviously not allowed Kenny Miller because okay. that's on the table already. I'm going to go. Heads or tails, Stephen? Heads. Oh, it's cool. tails. <sighs> Melly. Hey, I'll go five. Five, Stephen. Five, do you know what? No, go for it. Go for go it. For, okay. I had, I had, if it was going to be like a sort of one versus one thing, I had one guy in mind and I was going to go for that. That's what I was clinging on to. All ah, right, go, Melly. Give us your five. Uh, Boric. Correct. McManus. Correct. <laughs> Maloney. Is incorrect. Oh, can I go to steal? Melly. No. Yes, you can attempt to steal it. Gravison. Is correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that Celtic team was Boric, Telford, Caldwell, McManus, Naylor, Nakamura, Lennon, Gravison, McGeady, Zorovsky, and the aforementioned Kenny Miller. And subs not used, Marshall, Baldy, Snow, and Yarosik. That's poor for me. I what just went with the back four. That is really. so poor. That was a very, very easy back four. If you like what we do on this Monday podcast, we operate a Patreon service where you can subscribe and receive extra content in the form of podcasts. Yeah, another busy week coming up. We will have a match companion for the Hearts game. We have a new episode of Keep the Heat, our mental health podcast for Celtic fans. And I'm keen to say this, it is done by the professionals. It's not just us. No, just us. <laughs> so if you, if you think that sounds ridiculous, us waffling on about that kind of thing, then fear not. Um, later we will have coverage of a reserve game uh, with ranking at the reserves so lots of lots of stuff coming up as always on the Patreon and that's at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims does saying forward slash make me sound old do people uh, just say slash now well, what the address is Stephen it's https <laughs> colon backslash backslash <laughs> www dot you need to begin it like that no first in all seriousness check out patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims where we cover all aspects of Celtic on additional podcasts for less than the price of a pint per month and just before we go, I want to say a thank you to the guys, Gaz and the lads at Social Recluse, which is a shop in town. They have very generously sent us uh, some swag, including some t-shirts, one of which I'm wearing right now, and some some prints. So, so we thanks. put them up on the we put them yeah, up on the Twitter. Posted a picture of them on Twitter. So thank you very much for that. We go should check run a competition out. or something for those. Yeah. Go and check them out. It's a it's a shop at 48 King Street in Glasgow, and you can find their website at the 1010 that's the letters 1010.co.uk they sell all manner of prints and t-shirts for sort of football related yeah, football stuff. related just general culture just like oasis stuff uh, stone roses all that kind of all your needs all the, all the stuff Melly likes <laughs> yeah that's exactly <laughs> this isn't even a paid advert they just sent us some nice free stuff yes we? and that is the way to our hearts <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> send us some swag and you'll get some love on the podcast and on that thanks for listening
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.